Hello, this is Pastor Mo, Senior Pastor at First Baptist Church of Broussard. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to these messages. My hope is that this sermon will be a benefit to your spiritual growth and that you will prayerfully take to heart the contents of this week's message. I also encourage you to pull up the accompanying sermon notes and follow along as you listen. If you have any questions or would like to follow up after the sermon, feel free to contact me or our staff here at First Baptist Broussard. May God bless you as we begin this week's sermon. Well, we continue with our year-long series, Vision 2020. And by now you should know the goal is what? Read it with me. His mission, our focus. So we're talking about the mission of God, which is best summarized and uh, realized in Jesus. Jesus is the full understanding of the mission of God and how he has, is the one that's the instrument that the mission of God is being carried forth. We've looked at already uh, the birth of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection, the ascension, sending of his, the Holy Spirit by Jesus on Pentecost, and then the last stage that will bring to conclusion uh, the mission of God and usher into the kingdom of God will be Jesus' second return. So you see, in essence, the mission is all about Jesus. Jesus is the one that helps us to understand that, and it's power in his name that helps us to accomplish uh, that idea. Our t title today of the message is The Church. We need one another. I want us to get a clear 2020 vision of understanding the importance of the church, which is you and me. We are the church, and we need one another if we're going to carry out the mission of God. So that's what we'll be focusing on today. We'll still be looking at the book of Acts. So if you want to take your Bibles and turn to the book of Acts, you can just turn to chapter 1 because I'm going to be kind of skating through 1 through 4, just a few verses here and there. Uh, in a sense, this is sort of a summary of what we've kind of been going through. Uh, because the church, Acts is really about the church on mission. And it's a, it's a description and a guidebook for how the church, the early church, how it responded to the life and ministry and power of Jesus Christ. When after the resurrection and after the ascension and the spending of the Holy Spirit, power fell upon these, this church. They were bold in their witness. They shared generously with one another. And they shared the gospel on a continual, intentional basis. So we want to take some principles. We cannot re reduplicate uh, the first century church. It's been 2,000 years and it, it just wouldn't work. But the principles, they are important. They are valid and they can help us to see how we like the early church, within the first 10, 15, 20 years of its existence, what was its focus? What did it do? And we can take that and apply it to our day on that. Because we are the church, and we're called to be on mission. Now, the church, just want to clarify some things, is not something you go to, okay? It is a family you belong to. Over here in Romans 12, 5, you see, since we are all one body in Christ, we belong to each other, and each of us needs all the others. So we want to, you should be thinking, clarifying your vision, that the church is not just something you, you attend on Sunday. It is a family, a family that also is a community where you have a family. Because some families, you know, are, live like this. You know, they're separate. But community has the idea of family coming together. 
And that's what we want to do is taking a, a family, a, individual families, and pulling it together in, in a community. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says, And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as in the, as is some, the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So the church is a family that comes together in community to encourage one another, to stir one another up. It's also the body, the body of Christ. Ephesians 4.16 says, From him, Christ, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So you see these things, the developing of this, as we see it's a family that comes together in community and that we also realize that we need to work together as a body. You know, if, if my feet did not do what my brain said, then my face would not look like this because it would be flat by the time I fall on it several times. So we, the body needs to work together. All of us are, parts of, are part of the body of Christ, and we need to do our part. Now, and the last one is you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, 1 Peter 2, 9. See, so kind of wraps it all up. We are a family, we are a community, we're the body of Christ, and we are chosen. That means called, set apart for a purpose. And that purpose is to be on mission for God and to follow the principles and teachings that Jesus set forth in that. So we are the church. We need one another to accomplish the mission of God. And I want us to really nail in on that today and focus in on that today of what we'll be doing with that. Now, talking about needs, uh, I found this this week. Uh, Faith, you probably recognize this. Faith, uh, Lazy Durio, is, is in my class. I teach a seminary college class on Monday night, and I use this slide here in regards to uh, worship. By the way, you need to do better on your pop quiz. But uh, uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I'm just kidding. She's an excellent student. But uh, there's, these, are, these are secular. Now, this is not from you know, a biblical text or anything, but it gives an idea of what we see of basic needs in our society and in ourselves. At the bottom, if you can see that, it's physiological needs, food, water, shelter, clothing. We all need that. Safety and security is the second level. Health, employment, prosperity, and stability. Third level is love and belonging, friendship, family, intimacy, connection. Then the next level up is self-esteem, a confidence, achievement, respect of others, the need to be a unique individual. And then the top one is self-actualization, where there's creativity and acceptance and a meaning and potential and a sense that you are doing all that you can do with all your gifts and feeling fulfilled in that manner. Now, these are just from the psychology world and from, from the world, but it still gives us some ideas of the needs that we have. Sometimes as Christians, we have a tendency to think everything is just, well, you go to church, you, you say your prayers, talk about Jesus, and that's all it is, and it's going to all fix out. But we've got to realize that we are a dynamic in our existence. We are emotional. We are spiritual. We are physical. There are different aspects of it that we need. And we need to be able to see that there are needs in our life that need to be met. But you see... If you try to meet these needs outside of, of Christ and the church, then you're going to be 
less than satisfied. That's why our society is always seeking a little bit more money, a little bit more popularity, a little bit more this, a little bit more that, more me time, whatever it may be. You see, the church through Christ, I believe, is the only way to genuinely meet these needs. That's why Christ died for us to come together, to build together, to bond together, to work together, to live in harmony with him and each other, and to be an example to the world and share the good news. Your needs in your life can be met in the best way in Christ through the church. And that's why the focus is on we need one another in our focus. Uh, John MacArthur, in one of his books, writes, the church should be a haven, which is a place of rest, a home, a harbor for those in need, a family for the needy, the lonely, a school for the untaught, a fortress for the fearful, an open door for those who are shut out, offering love for the unloved, peace for those in chaos, acceptance for the rejected, forgiveness for the guilty, hope for the hopeless, bringing light to darkness and giving life for death. Again, I'm trying to get you a good 2020 vision on the church, who we are, what our purpose is, and what we need to do, and why it's important that we pull together and work together. You've all heard the uh, little uh, acrostic of TEAM, T-E-A-M, together, everyone accomplishes more. We need to work together. We need to focus together if we're going to reach Broussard and Acadiana, and definitely if we want to reach our nation and the world around us. So, bottom line is, we need each other. I hope you've got that uh, in your head by now. You'll keep hearing about it. But we need each other. So let's look at some things as the church, why we need each other, especially to accomplish the mission of God. Well, we need others to walk with us. You see, Colossians 2, 6, just as you receive Christ Jesus, the Lord, so walk in him. And then I repeated the, the last verse and, and added on one of Hebrews. Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good deeds, not neglecting the discipline of meeting together. Instead, let us encourage one another. In this life, we, are we all are on a journey. The Bible often uses the metaphor of a walk. And the walk is more than just physically lifting up your feet. But it's a way of life, a way of existence. We need others to walk with us. We don't need to be Lone Ranger Christians. Our American society has sort of developed this, you know, individualism and rugged individualism concept. And it's good to be able to take care of yourself. It is. But we need one another. We're designed to be with one another, to love, to care, to share, to weep, to do those things together. We need one another to walk in the ways of righteousness if we're going to follow through on that. Because you see, it's safer when you walk with others. If you're going to leave a building at night in a strange part of town, you would like to have some other people with you. You know, if you're by yourself, it's, it's just kind of scary. Well, in this life, we don't need to be alone. We need to have others to walk with it. It's safer. It's supportive. We can support and encourage one another when we go through dark times or share the happy times. There's an old uh, Zambian, from Africa, Zambian proverb that says, those who run alone 
can run fast, but those who run together will run far. You see, life is not a 100-yard a, a dash. It's a marathon, and we need one another. That's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of obedience to working together and following through on that. Because you see, it's also smarter. When we work together, we share, we sharpen one another, we encourage one another in our walk, in our life, in our daily existence. We should be living life together and sharing in that. Because you see, the church is God's answer to loneliness. Look what it says in Psalm 68.6. God puts the lonely in families. You see, we need one another. Life can be lonely. Even if you're in a crowd, sometimes you may feel loneliness. But you see, we're never alone uh, because God's always there with us. But you see, it wouldn't be nice to know that you have another person, a Sunday school class, a church, that when you need them, you can call them. They'll be there. and They'll support you. Because we are the church. We need one another. Because if we're going to accomplish the mission of God, we've got to do it together. We've got to walk together. Secondly, we need others to work with us. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his creation, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time so that we should walk in them. So this is pulling together the walk and the work in this, this one verse here, pulling that one in here. As we walk in this life together, then we can work together. It makes it easy. Because if you're over here and I'm over here, it's going to be hard to work together. But if we're walking the same path, walking with Jesus, then we can join hands and, and make the load lighter. Many hands make work lighter, you, the old saying goes. And there are a lot of you here today, if not today, you have been in the past, but just been weary of work here at church. Because not everybody's doing their part. A few people are doing most of the work. We want every one of you to realize you have a part. You see, if we all did our part, we would not have anybody wore out or frustrated over doing so much. Like we have some in the preschool right now that misses Sunday worship every month for sure and often more times because there's not enough people to volunteer to help watch the kids during this time. You may say, oh, I've done my part or I, I don't have any kids. Hey, those kids are all our kids, and they're, they're part. We have a part to play. Take a chance. Vicki's back there in the back. Talk to her and let her know that you would be willing to either take a monthly schedule or work out something every other month or once a quarter or something. Our children's ministry, our youth, our student ministry, our, our adult areas, we need people. We need you to work with us. Don't expect somebody else to do it. Ever, in a family... Everybody has a chore and a task, and we need to step up. I want to encourage you to step up to do, do that because the church is God's answer to fatigue. You may have heard of the uh, compassion fatigue over uh, in the past. We use that term. Uh, it's just that you get so used to it, wore out giving, 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 and serving, serving, serving. If you don't keep filling up and if you don't have others to work with you, it's easy to get tired, exhausted, and just say, I'm, I'm going to quit, or develop a negative attitude. That's not what God wants. Let's work together. Let's walk together, because we need one another. 
to accomplish the mission of God. Now, thirdly, we keep the W's going. We need others to watch with us. Philippians 2.4, look out for one another's interest, not just your own. Hebrews 13.1, keep being concerned about each other as the Lord's followers should. Not only do we need to walk together and then put our efforts together and work, we also need to be watching, for, uh, watching out for one another. Now that can mean a lot of different things. If you go back to the Old Testament, uh, when uh, Nehemiah and Ezra was rebuilding the walls after they had been 70 years in Babylon, they came back, uh, and other groups of people had come in and kind of taken over the city, they were trying to rebuild the walls. Well, those who had been there before, they didn't want those walls rebuilt. So they would threaten them. And some would, uh, they decided some would be working and others would be watching. They'd have their sword on their side waiting. And then when their shift is over, they, the others would take watch. We see, when we walk and we work in this life together, we need, we need somebody to watch out. Got a, I got your back. Somebody to have your back. Spiritually, emotionally, relationally, to maybe check you with love and compassion, say, hey, you know, I'm a little concerned about the places you're going, the things you're doing, the way you're acting. I'm a little concerned. I, I, I want to know, what can I do? How can we help you out? Because I, I care about you. We need uh, to watch out for one another. We see somebody going down a path that they shouldn't be. Lovingly, not judgmentally, but lovingly pull alongside them and walk with them and help them to see their way back. We need one another if we're going to accomplish a mission of church, uh, a mission of God as a church. Because in this world, it is a rather insecure place with all the church shootings, with all the uh, other illnesses and coronaviruses and, and fears of economic failures and all these things. This life, is, we're kind of insecure. Our jobs, the economy here is still kind of tanking, and a lot of people's jobs are at risk. Some of your health you're worried about. We see that the church is God's answer to insecurity. If we have a need, remember last week or a week before last, we talked about how the church was compassionate generosity. There was no one who had a need in the church. They shared together. Now, that was financially, but it's also emotionally and spiritually and in other ways, and physically. Helping out one another, caring for one another, watching out for one another. A group of us guys helped move one of our uh, uh, older church ladies to a new place and, and helped set up the room and those things. And we've done that different occasions and various things. And many of you are, you know, uh, are helping out and bringing the need food and things that necessary. But we're the church. We need one another if we're going to accomplish the mission of God. We need to walk, work, and watch together. But there's more. I know you're glad that there's more. There's more. We need to, others to wait and weep with us. Now, this one is not maybe quite as positive as the other one, but life is not always positive. There are a lot of dark days. There are a lot of waiting in line waiting at the doctor's office, waiting here, waiting there, uh, sadness, weeping, loss. 1 Peter 3.8, you should be like one big family, full of sympathy toward each other. So you see, even Peter is bringing this image of the family in. 
full of sympathy. 1 Corinthians 12, 26. If one member suffers, all suffer together. And then Paul in Romans 12, 15 says, Be happy or rejoice with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. I'm sure that many of you here have gone through tough times. And I hope that it was a comfort that someone from this church or staff was, was there to, to meet with you and to pray with you and to weep with you. That's not a glamorous job, but it's a vital job. And every one of us here, as we work together, we also need to be willing to take the time and the emotional effort and the time and physical effort to wait with people who are going through difficult times, to wait on them until they can kind of get their bearings straight, to weep when they weep, but also to rejoice at good times. You see, if we were really concerned with one another and loving one another, we, we would be looking for opportunities. Somebody that's, that's in pain or suffering or joy, we want to share in that. Because when we wait, weep together, you know, as you've heard, heard the saying, uh, joys are multiplied and sorrows are divided when we work together, when we come together. We need each other. If we're going to accomplish the mission of God as the church. We need to walk and work and watch and wait and weep. Now, i just got one more, so we're, we're going to close out with this, but it's probably one of the more important ones. We need others to witness with us. That's the major part of the mission of God. That's what Jesus did. He was a witness of, of God and, and turned that out. Now, let's, this is the Acts, Acts 1.8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And what is that power for? You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. Now, let's look what uh, Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 1, 7 and 8. For God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but one of power, love, and sound judgment. So don't be ashamed of the testimony about our God, Lord, or of me, his prisoner. That's he talking about himself, Paul. Instead, share in the suffering for the gospel, relying on the power of God. So don't be ashamed of the testimony. Share the gospel in power. We talked about that last week, all about a bold faith. I'm not talking about a loud boisterousness. Remember, it's not a personality trait. It's a, a, a spiritual characteristic where you are compelling and clear and you have an intentional desire to reflect Christ and to share his love and to share him. Unashamed. It's time to take off the bags. Remember the saints' ain't bags and the undercover Christian bags? It's time to take those off. The world needs to see us loving caring, vulnerable, but powerfully standing upon truth and realizing that we have, uh, we've got a people with us. This, this is our people. We're, we're together. We can work. We can focus. We can do that. One more verse from Acts chapter 4, 31 through 33. And when they had prayed, now that's Peter and John and all the disciples and sort of in their early church service, the place where they had gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the word of God with boldness. And with great power, the apostles were given testimony to the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. 
So that kind of harkens back to what I talked about last week with that bold faith. <clears throat> it's challenging when you feel like you're the only one out there with a candle trying to light the darkness. But you see, if we're all working in our different places and sometimes together, you should have prayer partners which you should call and contact each week, maybe each day. Your Sunday school classes are great places to come together to build and witness together. Uh, opportunities to, to go out and witness and to share. You're not alone in sharing the gospel. If we're all in this together, we can see that wherever we go, whatever uh, place we live exists, we can share the gospel. But you see, we are the church, and we need each other to accomplish the mission of God. It's a vital aspect, and we need that in, in all our areas of our life. We need one another to accomplish the mission of God. Now, I've said that approximately 39 times in the service. I hope you should count those. But get that in your head. We need one another. You've got to make that choice. All my preaching and teaching in the world is not going to make a difference if you don't intentionally say, yes, I need to do this. You need to make it your own. You need to make it your focus. But the question is, will you commit to being on mission with God. I want to challenge you. I want to compel you to realize that we are the church. We need to be walking together, working together, watching together, waiting and weeping, and witnessing together. What a difference it's going to make in our lives, in this community, and our connections around us if we would just be the church and let the power of Christ through the Holy Spirit, come into our lives, pull us together, and then lead us to share and love and care. But again, it's up to you. Will you commit to do that? It's a commitment. It's going to take effort, an intentional, deliberate, consistent effort to be the church. Well, I want to invite you to uh, consider the claims of these scriptures and the things we said here. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit as he reveals things to you. <clears throat> God is here. We've gathered in his presence. His spirit is here. And he's trying to speak to you. Maybe that you are a fairly mature believer. But are you fully engaged in the church? Walking, working, witnessing, and all those aspects. I think all of us have some areas that we can increase our boldness and our effort. God has called us to be his chosen people, be his family, be his body. Don't let him down. Don't shift the responsibility to somebody else. There is no somebody else. You are that somebody. I want you to commit to that. Where you are in your pew, come pray in the altar, whatever it may be. We are the church. We need to 
grow and build together. And if any of you here that are uncertain of your salvation, you're not quite sure, this invitation is for you to just stand up and take boldness and courage. Come on down. Nobody listening and watching won't embarrass you, but encourage you to come and be a part of this church and be a part of the kingdom of God. Accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior in your life. This is Pastor Moke again. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this sermon. Maybe something you've heard of the message or read of the notes has challenged your thinking about your faith. If so, our staff is here to help in whatever way we can. And don't forget to check out the other sermons in this series as well. May God bless you.